Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, folks, a pretty uh, dramatic escalation last night by the uh, terrorist mullahs in Iran. We've got a a lot of content on that today you're not going to want to miss, including something I said on uh, last night on Fox News. I was a guest on Hannity with Pete Hegseth that I think we should all take to heart. Um, and I'll, before I get to it, I just want to open it with this question. I want you to ponder this for a second before we get to the content. Ladies and gentlemen, does anyone really believe this ended last night? Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today on a rather solemn day after the Iranians thought bizarrely it would be a good idea to keep poking the bear? Yeah. How are you, fine sir? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. I'm watching this thing. And no, I, yep. I don't believe that this is the end of it. Sorry, dude. Yeah, I've. Of course you don't, because you and I have to think with like mind on these things. I'm going to get to that, folks. I'm going to get to what I mean. I'm also going to get to a tremendous piece by Lee Smith and Tablet Mag uh, that really sums up where we are right now, where we're going. I've got that. I've got the just disastrous decision about Mike Flynn yesterday. This guy, they just will not leave General Flynn alone. And also Mitch McConnell stomping on the Democrats' impeachment dreams. Don't go anywhere. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Ali. Listen, your dog's health is as important as every other member of your family. We all know it, and it starts with what you feed them. But do you really know what's in your dog's food? Ali puts dogs first with vet-formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. This is human-grade food. You can eat this stuff. I'm not kidding. Ali makes fresh meals for your dogs with real ingredients that people can eat, delivers them to you on a regular schedule. They beat out store-bought dog food at 10 to 1 on the palatability scale. What does that mean? That means it just tastes good. Because they create customized vet-formulated recipes made with all-natural ingredients. No preservatives sourced from fresh U.S. family farms. Go to MyOlly, my, O-L-L-I-E, MyOlly.com. Answer a few questions about your dog and they'll customize recipes for your dog and ship pre-portioned meals. Your pup will get the perfect portion every single time. They've delivered 5 million meals and counting. Shipping's free. And if your dog doesn't like the meals, you know what they won't like? They'll love the meals. They have a money-back guarantee. Look at our doggies right there. Look how beautiful they look. Look at those two, Baby and Linda. Look at those bright-looking eyes. We love those dogs. They eat Ollie. Ollie's offering our listeners 60% off your first (laughs) box, plus a free bag of treats at myollie.com slash try, T-R-Y, slash Bongino. It's the best deal they have anywhere. Go to myollie.com slash try, T-R-Y, slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for 60% off plus a free bag of treats, spelled M-Y-O-L-L-I-E dot com slash try, T-R-Y, slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Check it out today. All right, Joe, let's go. All right! Now, as I said last night during an appearance on the Hannity Show, which uh, and this uh, attack by the Iranians happened just shortly before I went on, so uh, I was supposed to debate Geraldo, which I was looking forward to, but that changed. Obviously, it probably wasn't the appropriate atmosphere for a, a debate last night, which I totally understand. The producers definitely made the right call on that. Um, but I do want to debate Geraldo eventually on this because, I, as I said last week, I think he has some ideas on this that are just candidly bizarre, and we debate each other a lot. But I'll ask you this question I asked before. Does anyone actually believe this ends tonight? Um, the reason I bring this up is I'm hearing a lot of commentary that, which is fine, and it's not inaccurate, that this missile attack, for those of you who missed it last night, maybe you're sleeping, working, whatever may have happened, <coughs> excuse me, 
The Iranians decided, bizarrely, it would be a good idea to launch from Iranian territory, the first time we've seen this since the Gulf War, from Iranian territory, right. ballistic missiles into Iraq targeting U.S. bases or bases where U.S. personnel were stationed. Now, to be clear, there are no reported casualties as of this time. Thankfully, President Trump is going to speak about it later. Um, there are no casualties reported at this time, U.S. casualties, that is. That's the good news. The bad news is the Iranians thought this was a good idea. Now, some of the commentary I heard last night was, well, this was a face-saving measure. Basically, the gist of it, Joe, being that the Iranian hardliners, the Mullers, uh, the Mullahs, that they had to do something to save face with the radical, basically terrorists in Iran that are pushing the Mullahs to do something. I've heard that as well. So they did this, and and by face-saving, they mean this may have been an intentional miss. In other words, the ballistic missiles may have targeted specific areas where they didn't think they would rack up any U.S. casualties, knowing, Joe, if they happened to kill any U.S. servicemen, that President Trump was not going to take that lying down and the response would be immediate and likely pretty deadly for the mullahs. Everybody track him? So face-saving measure in that they had to do something. And what they did, they did, they intentionally targeted areas where they didn't think they would kill any U.S. soldiers because they knew if they did, it would result in probably devastation for them and their oil facilities and elsewhere. I, I want to challenge that for a moment. Folks, I don't think this was a face-saving maneuver. And I'm I, listen when I tell you this, please. I am hoping and praying I'm wrong on this. But I don't believe it was face-saving, Joe. I believe this was a head fake. All right. Now, as the audience ombudsman, always, Joe, follow me. And if it doesn't make sense, please let me know. But here's what yeah. I mean by that. You got it. Maybe it's meant to look like a face-saving maneuver, right? Like, look, here's what we did. We launched some missiles. We didn't kill any of your people. It's all good now. You got our guy. We responded back. We satisfied our radicals over here, uh, these extremists that wanted the death to America crowd. It's all over, guys. Wink and a nod. But what if it's not? What evidence do we have based on past history of Iranian uh, extremist behavior? Extremists now run this country. Terrorists, radicals, savages, people who act like cavemen are running this country. Not the Iranian people. Iranian people tried to overthrow these people under the Obama administration that promptly abandoned them. But the Iranians running this country now are savages. What evidence do we have that they've de-savaged themselves, de-caveman themselves? And now, Joe, according to the tweet by the Iranian spokesperson, Zarif, don't worry, it's all over. Yeah. Right. Joe, you believe any of that? No. I was saying they're like roaches. They just keep coming back. You know, no matter what. Every single time. They are not done, folks. That's the history. The problem brother. I have with this, um, I don't, I don't know, a talking point. I don't want to call it a talking point because th- th- this, this line that it's face saving implies, Joe, that it was done to save face as a measure to get out of this. I don't think the Iranians want to get out of this. Right. They have been engaged in a generational war with the United States. They have absolutely no intentions of stopping. That's the issue I have right now. Folks, listen. You know, there was a great article in um, in PJ Media. I don't have it up today, but I'll, maybe I'll put it up tomorrow. 
where one of the headlines was about B.F. Skinner. You may be like, B.F. Skinner, what the heck? What does that have to do with it? Who's B.F. Skinner? What does that have to do with it? Well, psychology majors know what I'm talking about, but the Skinner box. Remember the Skinner box? You know, stimuli and response behavior. Yeah, yeah. The point of it is that. this, yeah. Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the basic psychology 101. Right. Right? Yeah. Um, the point of it was this, the article, that if you're going to act like a bully and a caveman, then you need to be treated like one. Expecting the bully and the caveman to respond to reason is unreasonable in and of itself. And what I mean by that, what the article is getting at is, folks, listen, nobody is against foreign excursions that are unnecessary more than I am. But we need to live in the world we live in, not live in the world we want to live in. This is not utopia. The Iranians are trying to create a dystopia. What I'm getting at here is the only language, the mullahs, again, not the Iranian people, these terrorist mullahs, the only language they speak is death. That's the only currency of the realm they deal in. And if death is what they want, death is what we'll give them. It's not what we want. It's never what we wanted. We don't want any of this. Let me be crystal clear. I think I speak for the overwhelming majority of the people in the United States. I haven't told them all. I don't need to. I've seen the polls. Nobody wants. Very. If you poll people... Do you want a war with Iran? The numbers are overwhelmingly, of course not. Yeah. We want this to stop now. But when your only currency is death, and that's the only language you understand, speaking to you in a language outside of death and destruction is a fruitless endeavor because it's a one-way conversation. They only understand death. They're no different than a caveman-like schoolyard bully who's 10 years old and bigger than the other kids. They only stop when the bully gets punched in the face. That's my concern. I'm not suggesting a dramatic escalation. I'm simply suggesting the fact that this is not to suggest it's face-saving by the Iranians and that they're now going to back away like a reasonable person would do is crediting them with the intellectual capacity to reason that they don't have. They are not done. This is not the end. I cannot emphasize that enough. You know, one of the great honors of my life, having been a secret service agent, where you travel around the world is, although we're not an intelligence operation, it's a protection law enforcement operation. <laughs> yeah. You travel around the world. I was in 30 countries before my 35th birthday. In each country and each protectee that comes into town, you get pretty detailed country briefs. Again, I'm not claiming where, you know, those country briefs make you, uh, you know, the the tip of the spear expert on every single country in the world. But you get to read a lot of intel on a lot of different places and you see common threads often. Sure. The common thread in this is when you deal with tyrannical regimes and you get the country brief, they all only respond with the currency of the realm being death. And that's their choice, not ours. Nobody wants this. This is not some kind of a Rambo movie. This is real. It involves real soldiers and real lives, people close to the people on this station who understand exactly what this means. But suggesting again that this is face saving and the Iranians are now going to back down because they just wanted to save face does not comport with reality. 
What do I mean by that? I've got some video, I've got some articles, but one of the best pieces I've read all morning and all of last night on this is a piece by the terrific Lee Smith, author of the great book, The Plot Against the President. This will be at the mm. show notes. If you want my show notes, again, it's important. Go to Bongino.com slash newsletter. I will email you these articles every morning. We don't spam your inbox. This is an important article. I can't recommend enough if you are on my email list. Please, please read this. I'm humbly begging you. It's that good. Lee Smith, January 7th, 2020. Iran and America are suddenly both naked. Interesting headline. Of course, he doesn't mean, isn't referring to clothing here. He's, for, he's referring to tactics, strategic tactics. Yeah, thank what goodness. does he mean by this? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Oof. Well, let's go to takeaway number one, what he's suggesting in the piece. And remember, keep in mind what we're, we're, we're addressing here. We're addressing the talking point that this was a face-saving measure by the Iranians, launch ballistic missiles against targets where they knew they weren't going to hit anything uh, and cause U.S. casualties, go back and celebrate. Look, we got those Americans and it's all done. It's not done. I'm telling you, I think it was a head fake. Pretend mm. it's a face-saving measure to let the Americans' guard go down and then continue step two, which is the Iranian decade-long commitment to asymmetric warfare. Check out this by Lee Smith. This is what we mean by this. Donald, quote, Donald Trump put an end to that arrangement by commingling the, uh, the, uh, the dust of Soleimani together with that of one of his chief Arab lieutenants, Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis, head of, of one of Iran's Iraqi terror proxies. Okay, stop that right there. We're going to come back to it in a second. What is he talking about here? What Lee is saying is forget this face-saving thing. This may be a head fake because the Iranians' real commitment, Joe, isn't to ballistic missile warfare they can't win. Joe, we could turn the Iranian mullahs' palaces uh, into parking lots tomorrow morning. Yeah. You can't win a missile battle with the United States. No. One of the lessons of the Iraq war, which I bring up often, as a matter of fact, was never, ever, ever go to war with the United States in a traditional ground war without what? Without nuclear weapons. Because you have no chance of winning. We wiped the floor with the Iraqi army in a matter of days. One of the takeaways these countries took away from it is there's only two ways to fight the United States. Either with nuclear weapons where you can deter them. I mean, we, you know, there's countries we can't, inv and, and thankful. I mean, we don't want to invade countries around the world. But if we had a real problem with the Russians and the Chinese that sadly escalated, we're limited in our options because they have nuclear weapons. All right. Doesn't mean we have no options. It means we're right. limited. The right. world figured that out quickly after the Iraq war, that going to ground war, traditional warfare with the United States without nukes is an absolute disaster. But the second lesson they took away that's been generational, what Lee Smith is addressing here is if you can't go to traditional war with the United States because you'll get annihilated, what you can do is you can go to war asymmetrically. And by asymmetric war, we mean terror attacks, terror proxies, small arms groups instigating proxies overseas to take out U.S. forces. Because as Lee Smith points out in his piece, what did the United States under multiple administrations do for decades with Iran, Joe? What he's suggesting, and I need you to put that ombudsman hat yeah. on here. What yeah, he's suggesting on. here is that we turned a blind eye to the Iranians engaging in option two, because they can't engage in a traditional war with the United States, asymmetric war. And we pretend that it wasn't the Iranians doing it. 
Although everybody okay. knew, Cobar Towers, mm-hmm. uh, Beirut, that we pretended that it wasn't the official Iranian regime doing it. And we kind of, not that we let any of it go, we didn't. But in order to, in order to prevent the United States from having to go full scale beast mode on the Iranians, we kind of pretended that it wasn't an official thing that the attacks they were sponsoring. You get it? Yeah. yeah now yeah. Re- let's go back to this opening line from the piece from Lee Smith, and it'll make sense. What happened in the embassy when they attacked our embassy just a week ago? Who was in charge of that? This Iraqi militia leader was in charge of this guy, Al-Mohandis, who Lee addresses in the piece. Mohandis is now in a body bag somewhere, too, right alongside his buddy Suleimani, which says what, Joe? Think this through. This was a genius point. That Trump, who is a lot smarter than these liberal Democrat hacks, media goons, and anti-Trumpers ever give him credit for, is now publicly suggesting by annihilating the Iraqi militia leader, Joe, along mm-hmm. with the Iranian head of the Quds Force, Soleimani, yep. that the days of us pretending your proxy attacks are not official Iranian government uh, driven, uh, driven events are over. You sent your proxy Iraqi guy who in the past we would have said, see no evil, hear no evil. Uh, now he's six feet deep in a pile of dust. Well, Why you is know he what they six say. feet deep in a pile of dust? Because he was with the Iranian head of the Quds Force, Soleimani. And we're not going to pretend anymore this wasn't some officially sanctioned Iranian action. Does that make sense to you, uh, Armacost? Mm-hmm. Trump is now, he's of course a few steps ahead, which he is. I'm not always, but he, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend anybody uh, here hasn't made mistakes. Yeah, But he has quietly scrapped and buried that policy that pretending these proxy attacks like the one that happened on our embassy are not official Iranian sanctioned motions. It's over. He took out the Iraqi militia head, too. This was not an accident, folks. Now, back to that screenshot one from Lee's piece. So you get what he's saying now. Yeah, brother. That's what he's setting up. Donald Trump put an end to that arrangement. By arrangement, he means pretending these proxy attacks are not Iranian. By killing and turning into dust this uh, this, uh, one of his Arab lieutenants who was Iraqi and the Iranian himself. It goes on. Now that Trump is holding Iran accountable for the actions its proxies take in its name, the leverage gained by helping America play make-believe, in other words, oh, the proxies aren't with Iran, is gone. Uh Iran and its allies, this is genius, this is a great piece, and its allies now feel liberated to bathe publicly in the blood of Americans and warn that more violence is coming their way. What does he mean by that? Hmm. Folks, in the past, the Iranians have always distanced themselves from proxy attacks and terror attacks. We knew Wink and a nod. We knew, but we didn't know, if you get what I mean. We knew Mm -hmm. they were involved in. Smith is suggesting now that we killed the Iraqi with the Iranian, the Iraqi proxy militia leader here, and now we're acknowledging that we're not going to turn a blind eye anymore to these terror attacks. Now the Iranians are, quote, bathing themselves in our blood, saying, you know what? All those Kobar towers and other stuff. Yeah, we're going to we did that, too. Now. In other words, Joe, going back to my initial point. Mm-hmm. This was not face saving, folks. I believe this was a head fake. 
Ah, uh, see where made you're to going look now. like a face saving. Oh, you get what I'm saying? Made yeah. to look exactly like a face saving gesture so that when uh, they go back to their proxy terror attacks, we let our guard down. Gotcha. Okie dokie. Yeah, it's, it's a good great way to piece. Look at it. Yeah. Part two by Lee Smith. He says, quote, a good measure of Iran's military weakness is that Qasem Soleimani was commander not of its regular army, but rather the Quds Force, the expeditionary unit of Iran's parallel military structure, the Revolutionary Guard Corps. The Quds Force is relatively small, with estimates ranging from 3,000 to 15,000 fighters, i.e. the the size of Hezbollah. For protracted campaigns like the Syria war, the Quds Force relies on what Israeli analyst Shimon Shapira calls the Shiite International, paid militias drawn from the Middle East and Central Asian countries with large Shiite populations like Lebanon, Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. What is he saying here? He's given you my second takeaway. Takeaway number one from this segment, this was not face-saving. It's meant to look like a face-saving gesture. You can expect more continued terror proxy attacks around the world right now. This second part addresses the second takeaway of that. And the reason they do that is because they've taken option two against the United States. Option one, you get your nuclear weapons and get them quick because there's no way you'll defeat the United States in a land war. Option two, if you don't have nuclear weapons or the capacity to deploy them, you better be a terrorist group and act like it because that's the only way to frighten the United States. Not suggesting any of that's going to work. I'm just suggesting the attacks aren't over. And Lee Smith lays out perfectly there why the Iranian army against the United States relatively is measured against is a paper tiger. It can do nothing, nothing against the United States to inflict significant military damage. We would destroy them. But their Quds force of three to 15,000 soldiers, however you, however you count, whatever estimate you use, can do significant damage around the world by continuing doing what it's done in Lebanon, Iraq, Bahrain, Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan, and elsewhere by engaging in these proxy terror attacks, which now Donald Trump has pledged, I'm not turning a blind eye to anymore. That's great analysis by Lee with some add-ons by me, and I hope it sheds some light on this. I would not fall in the face-saving gesture trap. I don't believe that for a moment. There is absolutely no way this ends tonight. We tried appeasement with them. It didn't work. We exported money to them. Obama gave them their billions of dollars in cash, and they exported death back to us. The only language they understand is death. Sad, but true. Now, showing you that Trump is not playing games and the president is not kidding around, Here's a quick brief segment of President Trump in the White House, who I'm glad, by the way, that he's been strategically patient. I believe he will continue to be. I believe that's the way to to, uh, take out the Iranian mullahs long term and mitigate the threat. But if you thought for a moment President Trump, after the killing of Soleimani, was going to back down and try to play cutesy with people who chant death to America, you got that wrong. Here's a brief clip of the president in the White House yesterday just kind of dropping the hammer on anyone who believed that. Check this out. He killed an American. Now two people are dead from the same attack and some people very badly wounded. And that was one of his smaller endeavors. You look over his past. His past, he's been called a monster. 
and he was a monster. And he's no longer a monster. He's dead. Okay. Nothing left to add to that. Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Was a monster. He's a monster no more. Here is dreadfully, disgustingly, MSNBC, full-time propaganda network for the enemies of America these days. Here is a clip of MSNBC last night airing, and I'm not kidding, this is supposed to be a journalism outfit, okie dokes, airing last night direct Iranian propaganda and admitting it on the air without doing any fact-checking on it all. Remember, as far as we know, Based on battle damage assessments, there are zero U.S. casualties, thank the Lord, so far. Not according to MSNBC, which decided to air information, and they admit it, by the Iranian outlet trying to create propaganda for their people. They decided to put this disaster on the air. Check this out. We're just getting reports now that a second wave of rocket rocket attacks have been launched uh, from Iran. The IRGC was saying that Ayatollah Khamenei, the supreme leader of this country, was in the control center coordinating these attacks. Uh, This is uh, um, this bit I'm I'm not sure about, but the Iran state media is claiming that 30 U.S. soldiers have been killed in this attack. Now, this is not confirmed. This is just coming from Iranian media, but we have have just uh, stepped over the precipice, Chris. Uh, we have entered a very unpredictable time. We have to see what the response is going to be from the United States. That's straight Iranian propaganda, folks. Yes, sir. That 30 U.S. That straight propaganda fed right IV mainlined into MSNBC, pretending to be a journalism outlet that aired that. That's real. Again, it's not edited in any way to sound over the top or hyperbolic that was real right let me give you one more here one more piece of video before i move on here is uh congressman ro Khanna, uh in one of the most bizarre statements i've ever heard he's asked by sandra smith and bill hammer of fox news um about what happened in the attack on the embassy and if this is an escalation and he says something at the end of this. It's about a 40-second cut. I want you to play close, uh, pay close attention to. He seems to suggest that under the Obama administration that the Benghazi attacks never happened. Now, he's either really dumb or he's lying. Listen to the end of this cut. This is his answer to Sandra Smith about escalation and where this is going to go. Check this out. I do not, because this was not just Barack Obama, but the reporting I've seen says that President George W. Bush and Vice President Dick Cheney also passed on the chance to take out Soleimani. And the reason they all passed is they did not want to escalate a war with Iran. And I believe the President Obama had a strategy of the JCPOA that would prevent Iran from becoming nuclear. And there weren't these incidents during the Obama administration. We didn't have protests against our embassies. We didn't have the killing of American contractors. Uh, So Americans were safe at that time. Dude. Dude. Remember the Rob Snyder moment? We remember Rob Snyder had this comedy skit, you know, the the 15 different ways to say dude. You know, like there's a Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th is sitting around the corner and you look, dude. You know, your friend says something stupid. Dude. Right. Remember, that was a great. This is one of those. You're perplexed by the man's stupidity. So you say. Dude. Where have you? You're a U.S. congressman. Where the hell has this guy been? 
There were no embassy attacks under the Obama administration that didn't kill U.S. contractors. Did this guy miss the Benghazi thing? I mean, listen, I get it that some people miss the news cycle. I mean, some of us work for a living, you know? You got a kid's soccer game. You're laying bricks. You're flying planes. You're building a house. Whatever you're doing to make America great, contributing to the value of the country, sometimes we miss the news cycle. Benghazi was only in the news for about two years. And this congressman amazingly missed this. Now, the answer is, of course, he didn't miss this. He's lying. He's either lying or he's really, really dumb. That's the kind of stuff we get from the Democrats. There were no attacks on embassies. They didn't kill American contractors. Good night. Gosh. Jeez. Yeah. All right. I got a lot more to get to. I want to get to the, just the dreadful treatment of Mike Flynn. What's happening to Mike Flynn? Isn't I mean it's beyond an international disgrace. It's like a cosmic level disgrace right now. All right, before we get to that, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Omax, ladies and gentlemen. It's one of my favorite products. You know about the roll-on, of course, cryofreezes roll-on, which I use to leave uh, uh, to uh, try to get rid of some of my horrible arthritis pain. Pain, but they have a great new product as well. This is their recovery cream with CBD. I absolutely love it. This stuff is great. Paula had a, uh, her neck was hurting her the other night. This stuff, targeted pain relief, gets rid of the pain almost instantly. Highly recommend it. Wouldn't use them as a sponsor if I didn't. I have unfortunately lived with a lot of pain. Cryofree CBD, their new cream is terrific. If you're one of the thousands of people that purchased Omax Health uh, Cryofree CBD, the roll on this one, which is great. And it's been coming to the rescue for many of us for a long time who have pain. You don't want to miss the new exclusive on the launch of their cryo-free CBD sport recovery cream. It is so relaxing and pain relieving to put on. We love this stuff. Their sport recovery cream provides instant cooling relief and moisture. It can be used daily to refresh and revitalize tired and achy joints and muscles. Why do you need this in addition to the roll-on? The pain relief roll-on, which is one of our favorites, provides targeted relief for very painful areas. The Sport Recovery Cream is an ultra-rich moisturizing cream with the same icy cold relief as the roll-on, but it can be used all over your body, including your, including your legs, feet, back, shoulders, wrists, and hands. It's great for larger areas. It's super moisturizing, and it's not greasy at all. Folks, this stuff works. The reviews on it from my audience have been outstanding. I'm so glad to see Cryo-Free CBD from Omax back uh, in 2020 sponsoring the show because we love this stuff. It's the easiest read I ever do. The Powerhouse Recovery Cream includes broad-spectrum CBD with 0% THC. THC. There's no high here. Plus 10 natural healing botanicals, including magnesium, which is great for muscle cramps, and arnica for circulation and bruising. It features Canna Microsphere technology, which is a new delivery system for CBD that only Omax has for powerful pain relief. Try it out. Cryo-Free CBD Sport Recovery Cream. Omax is offering my listeners 20% off their Omax Cryo-Free Sport Recovery Cream plus free shipping. This stuff is worth your time. The discount also applies towards any product site-wide through the end of the month. Just go to Omax, O-M-A-X-Health.com today. That's OmaxHealth.com. Enter promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. That's OmaxHealth.com and enter promo code Bongino, my last name, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, and get 20% off Omax Cryo-Free Sport Recovery Cream and site-wide. Don't miss out. Folks, uh, just Omax, again, the roll-on of Sport Recovery Cream is the ultimate one-two punch. Go check it out one more time, OmaxHealth.com, enter promo code Bongino for 20% off. We really appreciate it. Okay, getting back to it. 
So the treatment of Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, um, for those of you who missed the story yesterday, because Mike Flynn, who was President Trump's national security advisor for a limited time before he was hosed by ex-Obama administration officials who tried to set him up uh, and people in the Spygate debacle who tried to frame him for something, which I'll get up, I'll get on uh, in a moment. It was announced yesterday because he tried to fight back and dared to exercise his legal rights um, that Mike Flynn, who hired a new lawyer, is now looking at potentially six months in prison because the U.S. government prosecutors, the little mini tyrants who were going after Mike Flynn, they didn't like that Flynn decided to fight back when they found new information after he had exercised uh, a plea. He did plead guilty. Uh, let's be clear on that. He reaffirmed that plea, but new information has surfaced. His excellent lawyer, Sidney Powell, had found some of this new information, and the Justice Department got upset that Lieutenant General Flynn didn't roll over. So now they're reversing itself and asking for us to up to six months in prison. Article in the Washington Examiner today, as you can see the headline here, by the excellent Jerry Dunleavy, who does great work. Folks, before I... I'm... I'm... really trying to stick to the facts and reason here, because folks, I'm just going to be honest with you. This case really pisses me off. This is a decorated American patriot, a Lieutenant general in our military, a beloved soldier, an intelligence official who was absolutely committed to reforming our intelligence infrastructure for a better, more nimble tomorrow to getting politics out of our intelligence community. A guy who, vocally in his against his own political interests. He didn't have any because Obama loved the Iran deal, vocally fought against the Iran deal, knowing it was a disaster. who has been proven right. Is now looking at six months in prison because he became a target of the U S government. Barack Obama was running at the time. Ladies and gentlemen, This is a stain and a disgrace to our country that's going to be hard to match. Can you imagine walking out, perp walking this guy with handcuffs and putting him in a prison cell after everything he's been through? Now, let me just be clear on this. Justice is dead. We all know that. Justice is still blind to Democrats. It's not blind to anybody who associates themselves with Republicans like Mike Flynn. Justice is just blind to Democrats. Democrats, you get a pass. If you're someone aligned with the Democrats, like former deputy director of the FBI, Andy McCabe, who now, according to multiple reports, has admitted to lying to the FBI, you get a pass. You're good. But if you're Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, who's interviewed by the FBI, the FBI then goes back to the office after an ambush interview at the White House that Jim Comey already admitted to doing. Remember Jim Comey? Dopey Jim? Spineless jellyfish Jim? Remember that interview? Yeah, I sent a few agents over the White House because I knew there was chaos in the White House early and I knew I could get away with it because he's a slimy, sleazy piece of garbage, Comey. So they ambush interview Flynn. The FBI returns to the White House and says, we don't think he was being deceptive in the interview about his conversations with Kislyak, the Russian ambassador. Magically, despite the fact that they said he didn't think he was being deceptive, i.e. for the liberals listening or understand basic English, he wasn't lying. Flynn magically gets prosecuted for lying. Uh, now, fair question, because we do reason on this show, unlike the dopey liberals who do emotion only all the time, because they hate you and they can't stand you. You say, well, why did Flynn, General Flynn plead guilty? Ladies and gentlemen, if you followed the case, it's obvious. 
They were threatening his family. They were threatened, threatening to take away yeah. everything he had. He didn't right. believe he had an option. Right. For, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you have not, you're free to your opinion. May I just suggest to the liberals listening, if you haven't worked in the law enforcement space and you're grossly unfamiliar with how this works, you may want to take a hard pass on commenting. Believe me, I worked in the federal government. People take plea deals for all kinds of reasons. Typically related to their guilt, thankfully. Sometimes related to their guilt and the fact that they have information to provide. Sometimes because they think they can be nailed on a process crime, even though they didn't think they did anything wrong and they don't want their family going down too. Mike Flynn was set up, folks. Now, I don't redo segments, but this one's important because you may have missed it. And if you missed it, you're good. this is going to open your eyes as to what really happened to Lieutenant General Flynn, who is now incredibly looking at prison time for a crime he didn't commit. While the liberals, these, and I had a Twitter back and forth with that colossal moron from the Clinton administration. Remember Joe Lockhart, that slob mm. who worked for Clinton, who defended his, his uh, perjury uh, committing boss. Remember slob Lockhart? Back and forth yesterday, he's like, oh. yeah, he associates with felons, Trump. He said to me on Twitter, felons like Mike Flynn. Listen, Lockhart, you couldn't wash Mike Flynn's underwear. You slob, perjury defending boss, defending loser. You don't have, if Mike Flynn's fingernails are braver than you are, you slob. Disgust me calling Flynn a felon for a crime we know he didn't commit. And he's proud of it, this slob. Disgusting filth you are. Well, what happened to Flynn? Well, let's go back to the IG report. What I want to set up here is this is the Inspector General report that looked into the operation to spy on the Trump team. And they found out something in this piece I'm going to put up in a second. There's a very specific date that comes up multiple times in the IG report that's fascinating. Hat tip 279 on this of August 10th. Something happened on August 10th. And I believe what happened, just like the fake head fake I believe the Iranians are pulling on us, I believe was a head fake. Because what the U.S. government under Barack Obama really wanted to do through the spying operation was they wanted to spy on Flynn because Flynn was directly connected to Trump and because Flynn was an advocate of scrapping the dreadful Iran deal. The Obama administration hated him for it. Their goal was to always spy on Flynn. So something happens on August 10th. Look at the IG report here. I'm going to just read this second. This is a quote from the Inspector General's report, by the way. I'm going to read this, uh, it's the second half of it, of this quote here. By August 10th, 2016, the FBI had assembled an investigative team of agents and conducted an initial analysis of the links between Trump campaign members and Russia. Based on this analysis, the FBI opened individual cases, remember the date, August 10th, under the Crossfire Hurricane umbrella on three U.S. persons Papadopoulos, Carter Page, and Paul Manafort, all were affiliated with the Trump campaign at the time the cases were open. But wait, six days later, on August 16th, 2016, the FBI opened a fourth individual case on Mike Flynn, who was serving at the time as the Trump campaign's national security advisor. Yes. Follow me here. All right. I covered this last week, and some of you missed yeah. it. Yeah, Which, yeah. Because a lot of the Spygate people usually email me when we come across a gem. Some of you, I think, were confused by this. Why wait? 
Why wait six days later to open a case on Mike Flynn on August 16th if you already opened up cases on August 10th on Carter Page, George Papadopoulos, and Paul Manafort? Maybe because your original intention was to open the case on Mike Flynn the whole time. And opening the case on Papa D, Manafort, and Carter Page was the head fake you needed to make everyone believe that your initial intention wasn't to open up your case on Mike Flynn. That's a real head fake. Yes, that's it. You got it. Yeah. Now, what makes you say that? How do you know that, Dan, that on August 10th, they probably wanted to open up on Mike Flynn and waited a little bit to pretend that Mike Flynn wasn't the real target? How would you know that? Well, let's check out the dossier that the FBI claims it didn't have till September 19th, which we know is colossal BS. And let's look at this little dossier memo from Christopher Steele, which we know is making its way to the FBI. Look at this. Look at these highlights. Look who magically appears in the dossier at this point. Oh, Mike Flynn. Let me read to you this little bullet point from the dossier Christopher Steele we know is feeding to the FBI. Kremlin engaging with several high-profile U.S. players, including Stein, Page, and look what appears in there. And former DIA director Michael Flynn and funding their recent visits to Moscow. Hold that, hold that, hold that. I want you to... Now, ladies and gentlemen, please, again, I, with the greatest of respect and humility, ask that you subscribe to our YouTube channel youtube.com slash Bongino. It's free for the video version of our show because it may help, but it's not necessary here. Joe, can you see what's on the screen there? Yes, I can, Dan. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not messing with you yeah. here. All right. You, there, are, there are three names in that last bullet point. Stein, yeah. Page, right. and Flynn. Right. Looking at the formatics of it, what's the difference with Mike Flynn's name compared to Stein and Page? Well, it's, it's after them for one thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Paula gets it. What what look at Flynn's name and look what are the other it's, look at the, how they're structured. Case. Yeah. Yes. Thank yeah, it's you. A lower case. Why? Why is that? Why is that? Now, granted, and I, I always tell you when I'm speculating, and I mm -hmm. am now. But doesn't it appear that that was just thrown in there? Every uh, other yeah. name in the dossier, everywhere. Putin, Stein, Page, right. Papadopoulos is capitalized. Last name. Yet, as we see huh. again in this dossier that we know made it to the FBI, it, should, huh. it just appears that Flynn was just thrown in there at the end. <laughs> yeah. The Kremlin was engaging with these targets, Stein and Page. And it looks like they just added this. Oh, by the way, and former DIA director Mike Flynn. Like it was an add-on. It's the only formatic structure that looks different than every other name. Ivanov, Clinton, they're all capitalized, and they don't include a first name. <laughs> but this seems to be thrown in at the last minute. Now, what date was this dossier supposedly written and delivered? What was the date? Let's check page two of the dossier. What's the date at the bottom of this sucker? Oh, August 10th, oh! 2016. Sheesh. How does that happen? How does that? That's just crazy. Here we go again. Carter Page. Page capitalized. Mike Flynn just thrown in. And former DIA director Mike Flynn, not capitalized. As if it was added at the last minute on August 10th. So the FBI opens up their case on July 31st. 
the spying operation against the Trump team. Of course, they want to target Flynn for a couple of reasons. Why? The Obama administration hates him because he didn't support the Iran deal. Brennan really hates him. Mm-hmm. Flynn's been a target since 2015. We already know that based on his interactions with Svetlana Lakova, who's outed all this nonsense they did. They have been spying on Flynn since 2015. Everybody understands that, right? The Obama administration. That's a whole yeah. other show. But let's, oh, yeah. for the purposes of this segment, let mm-hmm. just take that as fact because it's true. It's not speculation. Yeah, we're cool. They wanted Flynn. The FBI wanted to nail Flynn at this point at the highest levels. What's the problem, Joe? They don't have anything on Flynn. (laughs) So who do they go to? They go to their quote machine, their bull fabricator. It rhymes with it. Their BS fabricator, Christopher Steele, who when you don't have evidence on people, don't you worry, Joe, he'll just make it up. Yeah. Steele probably delivers this dossier on August 10th. Someone probably says, hey, we, we really need to open up a case on Mike Flynn. It's August 10th. Maybe you can throw a name in there. Steele goes back to his typewriter, his word processor. And blah, 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 blah. He probably didn't even have Microsoft Word. And he says, and former uh, DIA director Michael Flynn. And he forgets that Flynn is the only one he typed in. It doesn't meet the name structure. He typed for every other name in the whole document. He goes back to the FBI who said, hey, you got some- Joe, the FBI. Let me do the FBI guy in the meeting with, uh, with Steele. All right. Or their counterpart. Hey, do you got something on Mike Flynn? Steele. He's got his August. Uh, hold on. I'll be right back. He turns around. Here you go. I got something on Mike Flynn. <laughs> I've got it now. Yeah. Now, does this make <laughs> sense? This guy was the target the whole time. So what do they do to make it look like Steele's information? Hold on. I'll be right back. And Mike Flynn, too. Here you go. Didn't start this. They say, hey, let's just open up on Papadopoulos, Manafort, and Page. And in six days, we'll give it a few days and then we'll come back and open up on Flynn, who was the August 10th target the whole time. It was a total head fake. You're telling me you open up on August 10th investigations on Carter Page, who you know is working with the CIA. He's done nothing wrong. Papadopoulos, who you don't even interview. The FBI doesn't even interview him until next year, till 2017. He was that important that they don't even interview him? And then Manafort, who you'd already closed the FBI case on, that's what's important to you? Of course that wasn't what was important. What was important was nailing Mike Flynn to the wall. So they go to Steele and say, just make up something on Flynn. Steele types in Flynn's name after the fact, forgets he didn't capitalize it, hands off the August 10th memo, and here you go. Here's the made-up information about Mike Flynn. Let's wait a few days on this, because it'll match up with the dossier date. So open up on those guys. Head fake Aruski. Come back six days later. So stupid and so pathetic and so obvious if you're following this case. Did you follow that? You, you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You you follow. You see things that I don't see and and a lot of listeners don't see. And then when you come back and look at it, you feel stupid because I should have seen that. I should have noticed it right well, off the listen, bat. Listen, listen, to be fair to everyone out there, and I appreciate that. Thank you, Joe. And that means a lot. But I've You're got welcome. a lot of great sources who do a lot of great work. And I always had tip 279. But someone said once, what's this famous line? That if you can't explain something to a sixth grader, you don't understand it yourself. Huh. And I feel like that's why I'm trying to do this. And, and sometimes, once in a while, we'll get a complaint from a listener say, sometimes you can be a little redundant. Folks. It's important that you get it. If you get it, 
and you overget it, great, terrific. Because if you overget it, you'll be able to explain it to others. But if I miss something and even one listener misses the point, I failed you. Tufflin was the target. It's obvious. Just look at the dates. August 10th, a dossier arrives. Flynn's name is different. Looks like it was added in later. They open up on these guys who they have nothing on for the guy they've been targeting since 2015. And then they wait six days later after they get the dossier because they probably didn't want the dossier, August 10th date, to marry up with the date they opened the case. It's, as Coach Stan used Mm -hmm. to say, and I would say, come on, guy. That was my baseball coach who I loved. Taught me a lot of lessons about life. Every time you screwed up, come on, guy, he'd yell at you from the dugout. It was embarrassing at the time, but I needed that. No snowflakes on that baseball team. <laughs> come on, guy. I told him one time we were playing a, a guy had uh, hit a foul ball and um, I caught it and I didn't, someone tagged up and ran home and I asked him in the dugout, we were having a tough time getting out. So if I should have let the ball just drop. And he looked at me like I was an idiot because outs were more important back then. He's like, Come on, guy, in front of everybody. I was like, man, I took my hat off and sat in the dugout and shut my mouth the rest of the game. All right, enough of my stories here. I got more to get to because it's a busy news day, but I hope you understand that Flynn story. We covered that. We covered Iran. I want to move on to the impeachment hoax fiasco, total disaster blowing up in the Democrats' face. Uh, Mitch McConnell strikes again. So, you know, Nancy Pelosi's trying to play games with this impeachment thing. We're going to hold the articles of impeachment. For those of you... um, on the liberal end of the spectrum who've not read the Constitution, which is sadly many of you, um, the Constitution is explicit that the House of Representatives has the sole power to impeach a president and the Senate has the sole power to try that impeachment and remove a president from office. It's pretty clear. Um, Again, if you read the Constitution, Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about the Constitution. She hasn't read it either. So she thinks she's going to dictate the terms of the Senate trial to the Senate from the House, although she does not have any power to do that at all. So what she's doing is she is holding the articles of impeachment. The president has been impeached and not forwarding them to Mitch McConnell because she's trying to use it for leverage to get the Senate to call witnesses. Now, as I said yesterday, why is the House worried about the Senate calling witnesses if they already impeached the president? Are you suggesting that you didn't have the witnesses you need to make the decision to impeach the president, but you impeached them anyway? Because that certainly seems like what you're saying. Call me crazy here using reason and stuff. But that seems like what you're saying. So Mitch McConnell, who promptly flipping her the double barrel middle finger, is saying, ah, we're not really going to play by your rules, Nance, but thanks for trying. So Tyler O'Neill, PJ Media Piece, again, be up in the show notes today. McConnell, quote, we have the votes, announces impeachment trial rules without a deal with the Democrats. Good for you. Ladies and gentlemen, new rules. For you older listeners of my show, I don't mean older in chronological age. I mean, you've been listening for a long time. We did the new rule show a long time ago. You can Google it as one of our most listened to shows ever, where I said to you in the era now we are in with the Democrats, where they hate you and want to destroy you, the Hill Democrats, not all the voting Democrats out there, but them up on the Hill and the radical left certainly hate you. Uh, New rules are in effect. And the new rules is we are going to engage in political trench warfare, meaning we're not so concerned about the character of the guy next to us anymore in the trench. We're worried about winning the fights. You can worry about his tweets when you get home. I'm not so much worried about that now. I'm worried about politically the country surviving the radical Democrats. And the new rules are this. You try to play ball with Mitch. I was never a huge fan of Mitch McConnell, being straight and honest, uh, but he's been doing a good job on judges. 
And he promptly told Nancy Pelosi to go pound sand on this one. What did he do? He basically bypassed the Democrats in the Senate. Pelosi was trying to force him to call more witnesses in the Senate trial. And he now says he has the Republican votes. He only needs 51, not 67. Only 51 to change the rules. And he's going to change the rules on impeachment, McConnell, to say, Joe, uh, we're going to announce that the Clinton rules are in effect. And we do not need any specific requirement for witnesses, in contrast to what the Democrats wanted, which is genius (laughs) on twofold. Number one, he's saying, remember when they, you guys, uh, we impeached Clinton and you guys thought those rules were great? We're going to yeah. use those same rules now, which gives oh, the Democrats no. uh, how many talking points? <laughs> Zero, because the Democrats are now not going to be, oh, that was totally, completely unfair. Really, you voted for those rules under Clinton. Now you don't like the rules under Trump. So he's, he's basically saying, Mitch, Mitch is saying to Pelosi, you guys agreed to this before, so we're just going to do it again now. Brilliant. But secondly, he's not saying we can't call witnesses. He's just saying, yeah, we're not going to put any specific requirement in that we have to call witnesses. You know why, Nance? Because your time's up. You did your impeachment thing, and now I'm in charge. So go pound sand, but thanks for playing. Nice try. New rules, folks. We win, you lose. Those are the new rules. And they are now in effect. Until we say otherwise. All right, run out of time here. I had a few more. I have so many great stories. Don't miss tomorrow's show, okay? Because I really want to get to this people evacuating liberal states story because this chart is devastating. I'm not going to be able to cover it today. I just, I'm running out of time, but I will get to it tomorrow. So don't miss the show tomorrow, please. Last story of the day, uh, National Review covered, everybody covered it. It was, it was all over the place. But remember the Covington kids, they, uh, the Covington school, they went to Washington, D.C., and the story was they approached this Native American elder yes, and harassed him. And it turned out yes. the story was the complete opposite, that the yes. guy approached them. Well, CNN, for some stupid reason, you know, pretending to be a media outlet, still thought it would be a good idea to slam this Covington uh, uh, kid, uh, Nicholas Sandman, uh, slam him on the news, paint him out to be some kind of racist bigot when he did nothing wrong. He was standing there while this uh, older gentleman who should have known better got in his face, um, slamming a drum in his face. So CNN jumped out ahead, of course, impugned this kid's character. So they decided to do what the right thing is to do when your character's impugned and you're lied about which is take them to court. Liberals have been doing it for years, so they did. Well, CNN settled yesterday the lawsuit brought by Covington Catholic student Nicholas Simmons, as we see in this headline by National Review. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we don't have the exact numerical figure. I've got a guess, which I'm not going to put out on my show, because unless I'm speculating based on some kind of sound statistics to put together a decent hypothesis, I'm going to leave it. And I've heard from a few people, but I'm not sure how red in they are. I'll just say the number I heard is pretty devastating. Remember the Tom Fitton from Judicial Watch, who we have confirmed for a future interview show, by the way, based on audience recommendations. You can send in your recommendations for interviews. I'm listening to him. We have him confirmed. Well, I'll announce the date soon. We have Mark Levin on our interview show, the great one this week. You're not going to want to miss that. But Tom Fitton has said often to me and others, it's a great line, that what the left figured out a long time ago is that the process is the punishment. They have abused the law system and the legal system to attack conservatives forever. Ladies and gentlemen, this was an abuse at all. If you're lied about, use the legal system. Use the legal system the right way and don't be shy about it. The media has gotten away with impugning the character of good people for too long. Good for Nicholas Sandman and good for his family. Better cut that check, CNN. 
Next time you learn to lie about people. Gross. He wasn't, I mean, this, it would happen to this kid is disgusting. CNN deserved everything they got for this. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in again. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's free. We're trying to get to 400,000 subscribers. We really appreciate your help. It's youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate those subscriptions. Again, uh, our audio podcast also is available for free subscription. No money at all, of course. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, SoundCloud. Uh, what are we on? Spotify. We're all over the place. Check us out. You can always listen at Bongino.com too. We really appreciate your time and attention. Thanks for all your support of the show. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.